Thank y'all for uh, for being here today. If um, we finished Habakkuk last week, um, so I think those are available on podcasts on Facebook. If y'all wanna, if you if you missed that, but um, we'll do we'll start in First John uh, in a couple weeks, okay? But we're gonna take three weeks and do uh, and do something different, okay? Do something different. Uh, do a topical uh, thing here, um, and I uh, got the idea from my from my um, from Sally's dad actually. Uh, Mr. Richard, uh, and so the the uh, the title of it, and and thanks, uh, Kaylin, for taking care of it. Miss Rhonda wasn't able to be here this morning, um, but well done, okay, well done. And uh, and number one is servant, okay. Number sermon number two next week will be faithful, and sermon number three the following week will be well done. And we're going to work backwards, okay. I'll explain in just a second. But um, many of you know that I that um, a few I don't know about a month ago or so, maybe longer, I'm not sure, that I, I ran and um, compete, completed um, uh, even, and even won a medal in my age group, right, sis, uh, in, my, uh, in my first 5K. Um, and, uh, and, and, and while I joke about it, and I'm like, man, I'm not going to do it, man, this is crazy. It was hard. It was extremely difficult. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Okay, I, well, there were times when I was like, I'm gonna die. Like, I'm not gonna do this. Okay, um, but uh, what, what what you don't know uh, was how awesome it felt. <sighs> okay, sorry. I guess I was emotional last week too. Uh, I was emotional wreck last week like crazy. But all right, thank people for praying for me. I appreciate it. But what you what you don't know as we were coming down, I don't know what road that is in Live Oak, and then. Right when you're about to go back into where the fire, where you started, because you kind of do like a circle or way, like not really a circle, but you know, went around and came back to the same point, okay? And as I'm coming around the corner, and I'm like, y'all, I'm telling you, I'm really for real, I'm hurting. I'm like, I'm ready for it to be over. Like, let the torture be done, right? And as I'm coming around, the first thing I hear are my three girls. Sally and Kaylin and Riley cheering as loud as they could for their dad, for their daddy and their husband. <clears throat> Whew, okay. And, and and so I just hear them cheering, you can do it, Daddy, you can do it, you got this, come on, babe. You know, and y'all, whoo, man. Okay, uh, uh, you know, that last whatever, how long that was, 100 yards or whatever, it was not as bad as it could have been, okay, uh, because hearing them was just, it was just amazing, uh, you know, and, and uh, they, as I crossed the finish line, you know, the, they, they verbalized their happiness for me, you know, uh, that I have finished, because, because ultimately, when it was all said and done, I, I, had, I had run the race, right, I, I had, I didn't quit, I was faithful to the finish line, and I could have quit, uh, but I didn't. I, I, I was faithful to the finish line, um, and, and my family weren't wasn't saying things like, "Man, that was awful. You stink, Daddy. That was terrible." You know, no, they were saying, uh, you know, whether they're thinking or not, I don't know. But they they were they were saying, um, "Good job." You know, they 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 were saying, um, you know, uh, how 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 well I had done. Get it? Okay. So to me, that was an obvious um, introduction to. This uh, to this lesson, I almost called it a unit, like I'm teaching, Mr. Lord. I, I can't help it. All right, uh, but you know the question: uh, when we all get to the end of our race called life, what will it look like for us? Like, will we will we have run the race and kept the faith? Um, will our heavenly Father tell us the words that so many of us have grown up in church have heard that He would say, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." Now. Sal and I talked about this on the way here today. Now, I, please, listen, don't take this the wrong way, okay? Um, this is just a disclaimer, 
that um, I, the only place you find those words in the Bible are Matthew 25. We're going to look at it today. Um, we're in, the, in a parable that Jesus told. Okay? Um, I don't find anywhere else in the Bible where, where it says that, 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 G, that God is going to say those words to us. To us specifically, okay. Now, does that does that mean he's not going to say those words? No, I don't know. I'm not God, okay. But Matthew 25, it is is there are it is from the parable. I just want to be clear on that, okay. And I, I, I agree with Sally and, and others. You think I think it's still possible that 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 will be said to us. Uh, hopefully, okay. It's, it's still something to look look uh, to look forward to. Uh, you know, just seeing our Savior and knowing that we did a good job. Even if it might not be the exact words that you may have heard in, in church before, okay. So I hope you don't kick me out for saying that. But you can double check me, and if you find something different, please tell me, okay. But uh, but I've only seen it in Matthew twenty five. I just want to share that share that with you, okay. Uh, and so you know, if you so 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 we're going to assume that we want you know something that we do want to hear that we, as Christians um, that we will hear these words, okay. So if you place your faith in, in what Jesus has done on the cross, is counting for you. Um, the hope is we will hear these words, right? And this is extremely important because I don't want you to walk away getting the wrong impression that over the next few weeks and you beat yourself up and you think that you must work and work and never sin and be perfect uh, to hear these words. That's, that's not, that would, be, that would be salvation by works, which isn't a thing, okay? So uh, I, I just, but I do want you to, to think about this and, and internalize it and ask yourself what type of, of servant am I you know, am I being faithful? Okay, uh, am I am I actually doing for God? Okay, and the well done. Okay, is that that clear, everybody? So thumbs up. I asked my students to give me a thumbs up. Okay, so there you go. Thank you. So um, let let me walk through some important verses for some clarification. Uh, in that, I don't want you to to go away thinking this is a work based thing. Okay, so and Kaylin, uh, I'm sure will do a great job. But Ephesians two eight nine. Go ahead and go there. Uh, but all right, um, for you are saved. By grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. So this is. Let me go here for a few moments to, to set some clarifications or ground ground rules here. Okay, um, we're not talking about working for salvation. Okay, we're not we're not talking about working to earn salvation. We're talking about working because we have salvation. Does that make sense? Okay, uh, because right there, those verses. Always remember those verses. Memorize those verses. We are saved through grace. Okay, uh, God, grace. I like the old uh, thing from from Sunday school. You take the word grace. All right, G R A C E. God's riches at Christ's expense. I love that. Okay, it's what we get at what Jesus done on the cross. What we get through that, what we don't deserve, and and we get that through faith. We place our faith in that what Jesus did on the cross that counts for us. Amen. Okay, so grace through faith, and it's not from ourselves. It says it there. It's not from works that no one can boast. It's not anything that we can do. Okay, we are saved, and then we do good work. So the very next verse in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, right, we just read, and then 10 says this, For we are His workmanship, we, we're, we belong to Him, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Okay, we, okay all right, yes, you're, you know, no, you're not saved by grace, but... You are. You still need to do some work. Okay. You, you you are saved, and then you you do good works for God. Does that make sense? Okay. So and, and as well, we talk about uh, this whole thing. We, we we also as Christians we receive the Holy Spirit, okay? uh, and we become new people whenever we accept Jesus as our Savior. That what He did counted for us on the cross. 
all those thousands of years ago. See, we received the Holy Spirit in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Y'all probably have it memorized. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. All right, we received the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit begins to change us to to transform us to be more like Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18 uh, says, We all with unveiled faces are looking in as a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. We're all changing. All right, some of y'all are like, yeah, I know, Brother Pastor, I, I looked at myself in the mirror uh, today. That was me, maybe. Okay, I'm talking about myself. I'm definitely changing. I got to check my weight every morning, okay? Every morning, it's become a habit. I can't help it. Anyway, all right, uh, but, you know, but but seriously, spiritually thinking, we we are being transformed, okay? And and if if you're not, you need to, you need to, you should be, okay? Uh, you should be changed as we go. Next year, you shouldn't be the same as you are this year, right? Um, and, and how... How do we become good and faithful servants? See, whenever we cooperate with God's work of sanctification in our lives. So sanctification is one of those words that preachers love to say, love to preach, but it simply means a process of becoming holy. Okay, that's all it means. Okay, so First uh, Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. I'm going to go back to that in a second. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept found and blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will do it. He will do it. Okay? Are, are we, you ever, y'all know how like uh, you, you go when you, your kids were younger, you'd go on vacation and your kids would ask that question, are we there yet? Right? You know what I mean? Like a thousand times. No, we're not there. We were five miles further down than the last time you asked, for goodness sake. Okay? So like, you know, uh, but, but you know, are we there yet? Have we arrived as Christians? Are we, are we where it says, uh, are we completely sanctified? I'm not. I'm definitely not. Okay? Don't say amen to that. Okay? But, uh, you know, but we, 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 I don't think any of us are. Right? We, I know we're not. I mean, we, we're still, we're not, listen, we ain't there yet, okay? We ain't there. We're still in, in uh, this process of becoming more holy. So where, where, did, where did this quote come from? Uh, like I said earlier, it came from a story. Uh, in other words, a parable that Jesus told his disciples. It was called the parable of the talent. So I'm going to show you exactly where this verse comes from. That is our key verse for the next three weeks, okay? So stay with me as I read to you the text. It's a little bit long, so stay with me. If you have your Bible, be in Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. If not, it's also on the screen because Caitlin does an awesome job. So verse 14, For it is just like a man about to go on a journey. This is Jesus speaking. He called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one talent, depending on each one's ability. Uh, did they all get the same amount? Did they all get the same amount of talents? No, they didn't. We'll talk about that in a second. Then he went on a journey. Immediately the man who had received five talents went, put them to work, and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the one who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents, and said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I've earned five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. That's the scripture there. And we'll see it again in a second. The man with two talents also approached and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I've earned two more talents. Again, his master said to him, same thing, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. 
Verse 24, the man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you, you're a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. His master replied to him, You evil, lazy servant, if you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers, and I would have received my money back with interest when I returned. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given, he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this good-for-nothing servant to the outer darkness, where they be weeping and gnashing the teeth. Whew. That last part kind of tough, okay? All right. So let's, so let's get into it. So let, let's look at those. There, it's the same thing. So we're just going to do verse 21. Verse 21 and verse 23. Okay? Same thing. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. See, we as Christians will all stand before God one day to give an account. Okay? We will. Okay? This is not the same as unbelievers whenever they face what's called the white throne of judgment. Not the same. Okay, uh, instead for Christians, it's called the judgment seat of Christ. Okay, judgment seat of Christ. Second Corinthians five ten says it says that. Okay, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that um, each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. This is a different thing. Okay, all right, it's the one you definitely want to go to. You don't want to go to the other. All right, um, and so in addition, all right, God has given us three things that that we should steward, okay? And I'm not going to go off on this too much, but I, think, I know you've heard this before, but I think it's still something that needs to be said nonetheless, okay? Three things that we steward, that we, that we, um, that we use for God's glory, okay? And uh, Mr. Lawrence will love it because I have them all starting with a letter T, right? Yeah. Uh, time, talents, and treasures. See, we, we, we are all responsible for those, for those three things in our lives as far as what we do for them for God, okay? How do we spend our time? How do we spend our time? Uh, what do we do? What do we do with our time? What do we do with our talents, which, are, which is another word for our abilities or skills? And some, some people think they don't have any abilities or skills. Yes, you do. God's given you something. Okay? Yes, you do. All right? And, and, and it's okay to, be, to, to try different things and find out what that is. You know? And so, I mean, if people, if people in your life tell you you're good at that, that might be it. Okay? All right? Because sometimes, sometimes you, don't, you don't notice that. Right? Uh, in yourself. Or you don't want to see it, or you, you question yourself, but uh, listen to the people around you, okay? And, you know, and, and I, I, I'm always just grateful when somebody uh, tells me that. My sister uh, and and my, um, and my cousin's wife, Emily, told me this a couple weeks ago, and it was just good to hear. She doesn't know how important it was for me at the time, but it was good to hear when I was telling them about a, a training I'm going to do soon, and they, they both were like, you, need, you don't need to apologize all right, for, for taking people's time and saying you're not an expert because you're a good teacher, Patrick. Okay? And you don't need to ever apologize for that. You know? And I'm like, thank you, Emily and, and Aaron. Right? Okay, I appreciate that. But um, so, so, how, so how do you use your, your time? How do you use your talents? And how do you use your treasures? Which is obvious, right? Your money. Okay? What, what are you doing with it? Okay? What are you doing with your financial resources? And, and, and I do want you to seriously ask, how are you doing in those areas? So our central statement for this mini-series, while I took a long time uh, for, for that part, all right? It's, uh, I'm not going to promise we'll get out here 11, okay? Steve, I'll try. All right. Uh, but, uh, you know, for the whole, the whole um, series, it will be as Christians, we look forward to God telling us, well done, good and faithful servant. And, again, we're going to work backwards, okay? So, so today we're going to look at servant. And then we're next week faithful, and then the following week, well done. Okay, so that's where we're going the next few weeks. So anybody familiar with uh, D.L. Moody, Dwight L. Moody, very, very uh, famous preacher, 
Okay, um, what, what uh, he was he was the most famous evangelist in the world in the late 1800s. Um, people came from all around the world to attend his Bible conferences in Northfield, Massachusetts. One year, a large group of pastors from the church, church over here from Europe, a large group of pastors from Europe were among the attendees. Okay. They were given rooms in the dormitory of the Bible school. As was the custom in Europe, the men put their shoes outside the door of their room, expecting them to be clean and polished by servants during the night. That's, that's what they expected to happen. Apparently, that ha that, that's what happened in, in Europe. So, you know, they just put their shoes out and say, okay, somebody clean them, right? Of course, there were no servants in the American dorm, right? But as Moody was walking through the halls and praying for his guests, he saw the shoes and realized what had happened. <clears throat> he mentioned the problem to a few of his students, but none of them offered to help. Without another word, the great evangelist gathered up the shoes, took them back to his own room, where he began to clean and polish each pair. He did it. Okay. Moody told no one what he had done. He didn't tell anybody, but a friend who interrupted him in the middle of shining his shoes and helped him finish the task later, later told the story of what had happened. Despite the praise and fame he received because of God's blessing on his life and ministry, Moody remained a humble man, a humble servant. Okay, I love that story, don't you? Just think that's beautiful. Okay, he did it. See, it seems like seems like most of the time, if if I say the word servant, if we say the word servant or slave, doesn't that doesn't that uh, not also carry a negative connotation? Would y'all agree, English teachers? Right? I mean, it, it carries a negative connotation. Um, you know, uh, this whole idea of being a servant. It's something like something that makes us be like, "Ooh, I don't want to do that. I ain't doing that." You, you ever ask a student to pick up a piece of trash? And they're in the room. It's like I asked them to do the most horrific thing ever. All right? Oh, how dare you ask me to pick that up? I ain't your servant. Like, you get that idea. You know, you get that, you get that kind of feeling back, right? Um, I ain't nobody's slave. Well, guess what? I have news for you. We're all slaves to something. We're all slaves to something. It's just a matter of who we're slaves to. All right? All right? Put you, I mean, all right, some hard preaching. Just remember, I, it's preaching to me first. Don't believe me? Right, put your phone away from me for about a minute. See how long it takes you to reach for it. Okay, all right. I'm telling. I'm talking myself first. All right, you know, or or uh, you know, stop stop checking your stocks and bonds. All right, every every thirty minutes. No, oh, uh oh, you're preaching to me. Okay, stop checking your fantasy team, Patrick. All right, fantasy football team. Right, like you know, uh, look, we have to be very careful there. Okay, and so as we look at, and this is a long central statement. So I'm sorry for those of you who like to take the notes down because it's long. But I'll have it up there a couple times if you just want to get the words in brown or orange. I don't know what that color is. I think the rest is brown. That's like an orange. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, but Miss Miss Dolores. All right. Thank you. All right. <laughs> so as we look at the word servant today, we're all examining the definition of the word. Okay, we, we will, uh, the different deities that people do serve, right? the distinction of the Lord God and the design of Christ that we should all follow. Okay, so let's, let's go ahead and get into it. Now we'll begin, okay? I'm just playing. All right, sorry, Mr. Mike, you okay? Don't, don't laugh at me, brother. All right, okay, so uh, I've heard, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this statement, the following statement since COVID, okay? I can't, I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times I've heard it. I just can't find somebody who will work. Anyone heard it? I hear it all the time. I just can't find somebody to work. I, I have jobs. They just won't want to work. All right? Um, and look, I had to stop class. I had to stop two classes Friday, sixth period and seventh period. No, sorry, fifth period. Sorry if you're in my sixth period class. Fifth period and seventh period, I had to stop class. Fifth period, I had to make them stop. I stopped. I said, stop. No one, no one was helping. No one was participating. I said, okay, this is simple. This is not hard. I said, everybody stand up. 
Everybody stand, everybody sit back down. Guess what you have to do when you come to school? You have to work. Okay? So I said that in two classes Friday. But the work ethic is unbelievable. See, uh, and so this idea, you know, uh, of working, obviously the word servant, a servant is another word for slave. A servant does the work that the master leaves him or her to do. Okay? Uh, in reference to our central passage today, by the way, this was not an, an unusual practice, okay, during this time. Uh, when the owner of a house went on a long journey, he would give his servants the responsibility of taking care of his property. That was a regular occurrence, okay? It's a normal thing. So uh, keep that in mind. A talent. So what's a talent? All right? Now, you may not know, but a talent is a monetary unit worth about 20 years of wages. It's a lot, okay? It's a lot. So that guy got five. That was a, worth 100 years' wages. It's a lot. Okay, um, and so one servant was given five, one was given two, and one was given one. Remember, we talked, we said we would come back to it. Here we go. Okay, they weren't given the same thing. Oh, that's not fair, Brother Patrick. That's not fair. How how dare some people get five and one get to get? Let's get over it. Let's get over it. I'm talking to myself too. It's hard. Look, it's it's really hard not to compare sometimes. As a teacher, as a pastor, it's hard. It's hard. I'm, I'm a human. Okay. But, I mean, this, this definitely speak to me you know, I, this morning. Get over it, okay? That's not the point. The point is not how many was given to them. It's what they did with what they were given. That's the point, okay? That's the point. What are you doing with what you have? Okay, and so, and that was speaking to me too. It's the same for us. If we have given our lives to Christ, we belong to Him. Our life is not our own. Romans 14, 7 through 8. For none of us lives to himself and no one dies to himself for himself. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Period. See? That'll preach, amen? In addition, in addition, y'all probably know this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. What price? The precious blood of Jesus Christ. More than worth, more, worth more than anything in the world. You hear me? Right? We were bought at a price. The precious blood of Christ. So glorify God with your body. Simply, we belong to God. We should live our lives to honor Him. No matter where you are, no matter what you sound, I've had this discussion a lot lately. No matter what you do, like you may not be called to go to Africa. You may not be called to, to, to do any of those things, to be a preacher at a church. But every single one of us is called to live for Christ where we are. Right? Our students need to see Christ. Your co-workers need to see Christ in you. Okay? Show love, show compassion, pray for them. Okay? And you'll, that'll happen, by the way. All right? may, they may talk about you going to church, but when they need something, they come to you and ask for prayer. All right? That'll happen. Okay, it hasn't happened yet. It'll happen. Just wait. We, we, were, we should live our lives on Him. Y'all ever had a substitute teacher growing up? Come on, be honest. Did you behave as good with, with a substitute teacher as your regular teacher? I know I didn't. Okay, all right, you just don't. See, F.F. Bruce said, A servant is known by his master's absence. You hear what he said? A servant is known by his master's absence when the master's not there. What is that servant? That's a, a true servant is still doing what they're supposed to be doing, even when it's not being looked at. That's a servant, right? That's a servant. And I feel good. I, I, I'm grateful to say as I think back, I don't, I don't miss a whole lot, which because you teachers know it's more work to miss school all right, than to come, so you may as well go to work sick anyway. All right? Amen. 
around the house, all right? But, you know, I, I, can, I can say in my years of teaching, I have very seldom had bad reports, and I appreciate that. I think, I, I, I think it goes back to, well, most times, sometimes, and this is not true in all cases, it's just talking about myself, okay? Most, I feel like, you know what, I think, they, I think they really honestly want to do okay for me, right? And it also could be that I'll give them a bad guilt trip too. But anyway, that's not, it's neither here or there. But anyway, the, the, the third, baby's like, I, I've been in your class, Uncle Pat, I don't know, Uncle Pat. Anyway, uh, give it to you. The third, the third servant didn't love the master. That's a strong statement. How do you know that? If he did, he would have tried. He didn't do anything. Dug a hole and threw it in there. He didn't, he didn't even try. Like, I honestly think that he, if he would have really, truly loved the master, he would have taken some risks, right? And that's a whole other sermon for another day. And like, you need to go and not do that, Pastor, because you've already taken too long. As servants of Christ, we should make the most of our time. Ephesians 5, pay careful attention then, right, to how you work, to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil and they're short. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And then the next, the next one, as servants of Christ, we should desire to please Him. Second Timothy chapter two. Share. I read it earlier today. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life because why? He seeks to please the commanding officer. He's talking about us. The, the 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 direct correlation there is us as servants. Do we truly love our commanding officer, Lord God Almighty? And I mentioned this before, and if Taiwan's watching again, Taiwan, I thank you for watching, man. A former, former player of mine, still close to him this day. But I really seriously believe that that if if you if the players know the coach cares for them, they're going to really try for them. They are. I truly believe it. To me, that's the number one mark of a good coach. Do the players play hard? Not not your record, not your record, okay? Because right? sometimes you don't have the talent the other team. It's just it's just reality, okay? The the, the question is, do do those players play hard for that coach? Yes or no? I say, after the great lengths that God has gone to show his love for us, right, we should want to serve him as faithfully as we can. Amen? Amen to that? Okay. So as we look forward, excuse me, as we look at the word servant, we, we just examined that definition of the word. Now we're going to look at the different deities that people serve. And, and this is not all, okay? This is, I, I alluded to this earlier, okay? Uh, this is not an all-inclusive list of things, okay? Not in any way is it, okay? Uh, but let me just give you a short one, okay? What I think are, the, are three of the main ones, okay? I'm really hesitant to say that because there's so many things that people get, get involved in. You're like, wait, what? You like that? What is that? You like, you like actually planting plants and taking care of them? Oh, not me. Anyway, that was just one random thing I thought of that I don't have zero interest in at all. But anyway, um, but, you know, this is not an all-inclusive list, but I think, again, and, and uh, having three words to start with the same letter, but I do think that they are uh, some pretty big ones. Silver, self, and Satan. I, I think those are three good ones. See, Matthew six twenty four tells us no one can serve two masters. And the two masters can be, you know, God and, some, and any of these things. Silver, self, or Satan, or whatever, Okay. Since either he will hate one and love the other, he will be devoted to one, despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And silver, silver obviously stands for money. Look at Matthew 6. Don't store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust to store where three thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys where thieves don't break in and steal. Sally read that earlier. And then go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. There's a lot of scripture today. Y'all know I can say a thousand times. I like to do this because the scripture can preach a whole lot better than this guy can. All right. So for 
starting verse 7, for we brought nothing into the world, we can, t we can take nothing out. What's well, the old saying? You, there won't be a hearse, uh, you know, you can't have a hearse, uh, I mean, uh, you know, behind you, whatever was the word, you go to heaven. What is it? Yeah, thank you, thank you. See, there I go. Earlier, remember, Miss Denise, I told you that I sometimes forget words. There you go, example number one. All right, yeah, there's not, uh, you, there's not a U-Haul, you know, attached to the back of, a, of any hearses, right? Not taking them with it, taking stuff with them. All right, verse 8, if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation. Okay, let me skip, okay, uh, to verse 10. For the love of money, not money, not money, all right? If, you, if you've been told money, that's not accurate. For the love of money. Love of it. So you're not evil just because you have money, okay? For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Not money, the love of it, okay? And by craving it, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, men of God, listen, flee from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. One of the, one of the main reasons for divorce these days is what? Money. Disputes over money. Right, among other things. Okay, so so silver and then self. First, First Corinthians ten verse twenty four. No one is to seek his own good, but the good of the other person. And then James says, but if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Okay? This could actually, by the way, when it comes to self, it could be a decent thing. I just want to have a good career. I want to, you know, I want to take care of my family. I want to do these things, and that's all fine and good. But uh, what happens is we we have a tendency to put our goals before our God. All right, we we we, we you know, goals first, and then eventually, when I get everything taken care of, and I got my four hundred one k, and I got my retirement, and I got all this, and then I'm all, then I'll serve you, God. Let me take care of this first. All right, yeah. no. It, Listen to the wordplay here. All right, English teachers will love this, right? We shouldn't put our goals before our God. We should lay our goals before or in front of our God. Does that make sense? We say, here's my goals. Here's what I do. What do you want me to do with them, God? I mean, I struggled with that in school. I always just had so much stress. I'm like, what do you want me to do, God? It's like I wanted God to say, go to school and be a what major? You know what I mean? Like, I, it's like I wanted God to give me something audible. You know what I mean? Like, and I struggle. Like, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Like, you know, am I supposed to move to back to Brunswick, Georgia? Well, I felt like he wanted me to. The worst year of my life. Hated every second of it. But God still used me. God changed me in massive ways that year. <laughs> I didn't even get a spring break, y'all. I was laid up in some lady's hospital who was in my Sunday school class, right, they, with two teenagers sleeping in their bed for a week because I had, because I had knee surgery. That's how bad my year was in Brunswick, Georgia. Aaron, you may remember that. Whew, that was a rough year. Okay. So, but did I feel like God wanted me to go? Yes. I don't understand. I don't always understand it. Right? But uh, we still we, we need to still whatever, whatever the situation is, put our, our our ideas before God and ask, okay, what do you want me to do with this? Okay. All right. And instead, we should just commit our plans to God. Proverbs 16.3, which has actually been a, a verse I've been trying to memorize lately. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be established. Pretty simple. So we have, we have the silver. We have sin. I'm not sin. We have uh, we have self, and then we have Satan. See, as, as Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, he said, John chapter eight verse forty four, "You are of the father of the devil. <laughs> you are of your father the devil." Wow. I better, I better not ever do that, right, Candace? I better not ever tell you guys that y'all <laughs> the devil is your father. But wait, what? Does it have to do anything? These were church going people. These were Pharisees. That stuff memorizing the Bible. And Jesus told them their, their father was a devil. 
Okay? He says, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. Does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he's a liar and the father lies. You are of your father the devil. All right. I hope I don't ever have to say that in church, okay? Right. And then also 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 and 26 says, Flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Okay. And then I want to go down to verse 26. You can read the whole thing there uh, later for the sake of time. Uh, verse 26, Then they may come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. So you... People think that because we give our lives to Christ that Satan's just going to leave us alone. That's a, that's a lie straight from the pits of hell. Okay? The devil wants you to make, wants to make you as ineffective as he can for Christ. For Christ right? he, he just wants to, he wants to discourage you. He, he, wants to, he, want, he wants to make it just as hard as possible on you to where you don't want to be excited about the things of Christ. Okay? I mean... It's a funny, and I say that, that, that we think that, that um, we have, well, nothing should ever happen to me. I, I'm, I'm blood-bought, sanctified, all those words, right? Well, didn't he, me didn't he mess with Jesus? Didn't he mess with him? Didn't he tempt Jesus? Like, well, Satan, Satan tempted Jesus himself. How, how dare we think he's not going to mess with us? Right? So while there would be many things that people chase and have interest in, I believe silver, self, and Satan are on top of the list. And then the next one, let's look at the distinction of the Lord God. The distinction of the Lord God. Because we see a definition. We see that we serve different deities. And then we see the distinction of the Lord God. What makes God different in terms of who we serve? I'm glad you asked, although you didn't. All right. Silver fades, right? Silver fades. Not God. Humans die, right? Self, humans, humans die. Not God. Satan has been defeated by God. Amen. What makes God different? And I have this highlighted with four exclamation marks and circled with stars around it. I mean, with, with, uh, with, yeah, those are stars. Yes, around it. What makes God different? Because He is God. I, I don't know how to say it any better than that. Like, and I'm not necessarily asking for an amen, but just listen. Listen, what makes God different? Because He's God. What makes God special? Because He's God. What, what, makes, what makes God glorious? Because He's God. What makes God awesome? Because He's God. He, he's God. What, what makes God altogether righteous? Because He's God. What makes God worthy of honor and glory? Because He's God. And I know our, a teacher in us has said you can't answer the question with the word in it, you know, like that. But this, in this place, I feel like you can. <laughs> because he's, this is an exception, English teachers. Okay? Because He's God. See? Our God is worthy. Amen? He's worthy to be praised. He is above all things. He rules all things. He's the maker of all things. Go just for a second. And, and Kaylin, the, all of this is not on, on there, okay? So, so don't worry, all right? Let me read you just a little bit from John chapter 14. Don't let your heart be troubled. This is Jesus speaking. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. Isn't that comforting? If not, I would have told you. I am going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again 
and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I'm going. To which Thomas said, which I love Thomas. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where we're going, where you're going. How can we know the way? And then verse 6, go ahead, Caleb, to the next one. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, here are a few main distinctions. What makes God distinct? He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And, and uh, I don't want to belabor it, but have you ever been lost before? Like really lost? <laughs> the guys didn't want to raise their hand. All right. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Because you've never been lost, right, Mr. Mike? Ever. Okay. Yeah, I know exactly where I am. All right. Um, right. See, Jesus knows the path because Jesus is the path. Just, he, he is the path. Uh, that is definitely a reason to follow and serve him. And, and he's the truth. I'm not, I'm not going along with him he, 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 on this. He's the truth. Uh, people are always searching for truth these days. And they have, they have been for a long time. In fact, let's go all the way back to Pilate whenever Jesus was being questioned by him before the crucifixion. You know what he famously said? All right, look, look on the screen with me. John 18, 37, 38. You are a king then, Pilate asked. He's trying to figure out this Jesus character. Why would you... What is going on? Why do they hate you so much? I don't get it. Why do they want to kill you? Oh, you seem like a decent guy. All right? So he's like, you, and, and, uh, so he says, you are a king then? You're a king? Is that, what you, that who you are? You say that I'm a king, Jesus replied. I was born for this, and I've come into the world for this, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, listen to my voice. Listen to what Pilate says. What is truth? It was right in front of him. <laughs> what is truth? And after he said this, he went out to the Jews again, told them, I, I find no grounds for charging them. I don't see anything wrong with this guy. But Pilate himself, one of the saddest statements in, you know, in the Bible to me, what is truth? Truth was sitting right in front of you, man. See? The way, the truth, and the life. John 10, 10 says, A thief comes only to steal, kill, destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance or have it to the full. An abundant life is for here and now. The here and now and for the hereafter. True, true life is only found in Christ. Amen. And so as we get to the last one here, we have the, the design of Christ that we should follow. As we seek to be servants of God and we define it, we see the different deities that people serve and we see the fact that the Lord God Almighty is definitely different. He's definitely distinct in the, in, as far as who we serve. And then we have the design that we should follow. And let's take a look at the supreme example. I, I can't think of a better passage as John chapter 13. And so... I'm not going to read all that for the sake of time today. Okay, so uh, Caitlin, if you just want to go ahead and, and, and flip through it, uh, it's, it is okay. But I'll just tell you, it's a story of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples in a time where, you know, that was, I mean, they did it anyway, but it was they, they walked everywhere on sandals, right? Their feet would have been just disgusting, all right? Like, I mean, I, I, just, I was just telling Bailey, like, man, I need some, give me some tissue. Can I get some tissue? Because, like, I, I, I cut the grass yesterday, and it was so dusty. I just dirt all in my eyes. Last night, I had, like, these big old puffs underneath my yellow, my, my yellow eye, my left eye. All right, you know, and I was, you know, from, from the dust. And you imagine all that being on your feet? And Jesus, Jesus, Lord God Almighty himself, God in the flesh, bent down, stooped down, and, and washed the feet. Of course, I, I love that whole scene. And Peter's like, "No, hey, they don't. What are you doing?" He said, "Well, if you're not, you, I don't wash you, your feet. You're, you have no part of me." And Peter's like, "Man, wash everything on me, then." <laughs> I love that. You love Peter. 
The Lord himself washed his feet. And, and, and here's the deal as we close out here. This design of Christ that displayed servanthood in that passage that we just talked about was in effect way before Jesus stooped down and washed some dirty feet of some disciples. Way before. This might be one of my favorite passages in the Bible, Philippians 2. We, we, we preached out of Philippians a couple years ago, right? took me forever like everything but we get it but philippians 2 5 through 11 listen to listen to the example of christ as we as we as we read this this great man this is a wonderful scripture adopt the same attitude as that of christ jesus see adopt it do the same thing okay who existing in the form of god did not consider equality with god as something to be exploited instead he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant taking on the likeness of humanity and when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to a point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Listen, in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We call that the, the fancy, smancy, churchy word for that is kenosis. Kenosis. It's the self-emptying of Christ. It's, it's the fact that, that, that Jesus left, left his throne in heaven to come to earth, live as a man, and then went all the way to die for us, for other men, and to the point of the most humiliating death that is possible on a cross. He didn't just leave, leave his throne in heaven. He came to our old dirty place, walked around with a bunch of humans, okay, was willing to die for a bunch of humans, and then to the most embarrassing death that you can have. Does that make sense? That's kenosis. Okay? That's a self-emptying of Christ. That's an example of him being the servant attitude that he had. He left his home in heaven all the way to the cross. So as I asked Mr. Lewis and Sally to come up, the question for us to consider this morning is, if we truly are a servant, are we truly servants? See, because people may have rejected Jesus on earth, right? But... I mean, we go back and read 10 and 11, so that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It doesn't say every Christian will uh, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Everybody who's given their life to Christ will confess. No, it says everybody. So, so we either choose to do it now or we do it with regret later. Like we, 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 we choose, see, because people reject Christ now on earth but there'll be no doubt who Jesus is when he comes back. All right? There'll be no doubt. Don't be wondering, I wonder if Jesus really is who he says he is. Oh, there will be no doubt. Okay? It will be obvious when Jesus returns. Because he will, he will all know that he's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Listen, Hebrews 9.27 says, and it's not up there, uh, Caitlin, but it's okay. Uh, it is appointed for people to die once and then after that judgment. So the question is, are we ready? I hope you are. Uh, I hope you will bow uh, while you still have human breath in your lungs. Amen. All right, as uh, Sally comes and leads us. Let's all stand.